listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast, where we celebrate vulnerability and shameless living. No topic is off limits when you're chatting with your besties. Let's own our worth and walk in power towards truth together. Hello, everybody. <laughs> you almost did it again. Hey, okay. y'all. Happy Wednesday. Um, welcome back to the Heart and Soul Podcast. Episode, Episode 11. 11. Yep. That's crazy. We're already 11 weeks in. Cry. I know. This year is really flying season. by. I, was I feel just, like it didn't, though, for the first month. January falls. January is always the longest month Ugh. ever in anything. Look at barely computer crack of the door. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, buddy? Um, we just wrapped up an interview with Annalie Thomason, who is an author here in Wilmington, North Carolina. And it was awesome. So I know you'll enjoy that coming up in a few minutes. Yes. But before that, um, do we have a review of the week this week? Nope. Okay, cool. So. Hey, guys, girls, come on. Come now. on, y'all. Leave us a review. <laughs> We're getting kind of sad over here. It'll take you like less than five minutes. Like, are we talking on. to anyone? Anyone out there? <laughs> anyone? Seriously, please. Um, yeah, just leave a quick review. What are you waiting for? We'll feature you. It's going to be great. Um, okay, well, then I guess we'll just dive right into happies and crappies. Sure. You've had a really great week. It was Chelsea's birthday yesterday, y'all. It was my birthday. Well, I guess by the time this releases, it was on Monday. It was Monday. Yeah. March 9th. Yeah. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> I'm going to stop really there. Good. Okay. That was really good. That Um, yeah, so I guess you want me to start then? Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Um... Yeah, my birthday was awesome. I didn't really do a lot on my actual birthday because normal people, like, you know, work a normal schedule on on a Monday. So, um, but I went and got a prenatal massage in the morning, which was awesome, especially because my back has been killing me lately, especially the whole weekend. I was, like, in some serious pain. So, that was awesome. Um, And then, really, the only other thing I did all day was come to Catherine's to watch The Bachelor. And other than that, I just, like, got some work done at a coffee shop. and Birthdays are weird when you're an adult. grocery shopping. And, yeah, it was just, like, a normal day for me. Um, but over the weekend, we went to Wrightsville Beach Brewery with a bunch of friends and had a nice dinner with them, which was That was awesome. really fun. What a great group. I know. I always hate, though, like, I didn't want to do that whole big dinner thing because – you always feel like you can't talk to everyone. Like you sit in the middle and like you're trying to have this know. conversation over here. And then there's like a whole new group of people over here. When it's, it's split like half and half. 15 people. So I always feel like overwhelmed and guilty for not participating. In we were sitting across from each other in the middle too. So yeah. I felt myself going from side to side. Same. Yeah. But it, it was great nonetheless. But I want to have some more like intentional time with friends soon because I feel like I hadn't seen anyone in so long. And we all have this catching up to do but we couldn't really do that so yeah um anyway that was my happy um I don't know I guess my crappy would just be that my I've been having some joint pain the old joint pain yeah which you know with pregnancy just a lot of things happen in your body that you can't really control there's not a whole lot you can do to when you're it's like your SI joints just start to get weaker because the hormones be already begin, one, like restructuring your body, really. Like you already start to get more sweat on your back before you even have a belly in the first place, mm-hmm. which is crazy to me how the body works. Um, but also the joint itself becomes more like supple preparing you for birth. So because of that, it's like weaker and um, I guess it doesn't like – Stand. So fascinating. It doesn't um, hold your body up the way that it should. You know, yeah. like you feel the the weight of like standing and stuff much more than you normally would. So, and there's not a whole lot that you can do to alleviate it because it's not like oh, massage this muscle. It's like straight up joint pain. So, um, and you can't take ibuprofen or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, you can't take anything so, to numb the pain a little bit or ease it. Yeah. And it's not bad. Today just feels a little tight, probably because I had that massage yesterday, so it doesn't feel, like, terrible today. But over the weekend, I was, like, crippled in pain. Mm. I was trying to, like, get in child's pose and stretch it out as best as I could. But, you know, I know that's only going to continue to get worse as I get bigger. 
and throughout pregnancy. So I'm just trying to embrace it and figure out what helps and what doesn't and just kind of give myself that grace and leeway. Grace, grace, grace. <laughs> grace is more. Yeah. So that's about it. It's not a super eventful week for us. Yeah, us either. I mean, I would say I'm happy outside of your birthday dinner, which was a lot of fun, but that was the only time I left my house this weekend. Really? Well, I went on a run, which was fun. Oh, yeah, but I saw that. You were supposed to have a whole self-care yoga. I did. Plan. I went and got a massage. Oh, good. And I, yeah, I got a massage this weekend. Good. It was great. Um, yeah, my whole weekend was, besides the run, which was actually, you know me, really therapeutic, because it was like me and two soul girls and running and talking. Um, but besides that, we just laid on the couch and watched TV, which that's awesome. I'm really great at. Michael's not, and he did so well. Like he did such a good job. So I was really <laughs> proud of him. And I know this sounds like so silly, but it really is true. Like that's like one thing that we like don't vibe on is our idea of relaxation. <laughs> like his is like yeah more like task oriented, and mine's like I want to just. Yeah. Do nothing. I get that, though, because I feel like it, that is the opposite for us. Like, normally I'm the one that can't sit down for mm-hmm. long periods of time. But in this in wintertime, and especially being pregnant, I've been way more cool with just, like, chilling and watching 10 episodes of something. Uh, speaking of 10 episodes of something, I finished, I started and finished Love is Blind. Yeah. It's so good. Finally got her on the train. Y'all, I was texting Chelsea like the entire day yesterday <laughs> on her birthday about Love is Blind. I was like, okay, let's talk about Jess. What? She's always drunk. Let's talk about Amber. She's crazy. Like everyone. So what did you think of, well, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched the finale, don't listen to this. Yeah, but pause it. You, what did you While you're about? pausing it, leave a review. Yeah. Um, um, I just finished the reunion today. Okay. I thought... The couple, I knew that Lauren and Cameron were solid. Like, I knew they were going to make it. They kind of made it out in the end, like, she was going to back out, but I didn't think yeah. she was. I wasn't sure, to be honest, because there was, there were some times when, I loved them too, like, they mm-hmm. were my number one, but there were some times when Cam would be, like, really touchy and kind of clingy to her, and and she seemed, like, a little bit. Well, she she did say at one point, like, he likes me too much or something. Yeah. Which he does. And me and Parker, shout out to you, Parker. Oh, wait, no, it's not Parker. Maybe it's Parker. I know it's definitely Katie. We always say the guy needs to love you a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know, especially in the beginning, you know, because you just got to even out at some point. Well, so that was one of those situations. I don't know, though. It depends on what you're attracted to because some women like the the guys that That's leave true. a little bit of room for interpretation. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love them. I... um. I really liked Kelly and Kenny. Yeah. But then, I mean, from the Bachelorette Party episode on, I could tell they weren't going to make it because yeah. she was not in. She was getting all the friend vibes. And- yeah, she was just not attracted to him in a physical way. Um, I really liked them, though. And then I really liked Mark, but I could not stand Jessica. Yeah. And I feel bad for her after watching your reunion because I can tell, like, it was a beating watching herself. Like, mm-hmm. I can tell she felt, like, kind of silly and regretted a lot of decisions she made and I think that she handled herself really well at the reunion but maybe it was a wake-up call for her yeah to see that behavior and be like yeah that probably was not cool yeah it it wasn't like they gave her a bad edit like she that was was how she was she was just drunk the whole time (laughs) yeah I mean I thought Gigi was like so hot and cold and I still think she is you I mean you kind of mentioned like wait till you watch the reunion I still think she's just like she speaks as if she's starring in a telenovela. Like she does. every line that comes out of her mouth is the most dramatic. Yeah. yeah. It could That's be like, I'm going to the grocery to. store. And I'm like, girl, like, <laughs> stop. I just never want to lose this. Yeah. yeah That's kind of what I was alluding so to. Like, soap opera Yes, they didn't get married, but like they're still dating. They're still dating and it's still like nothing's changed, apparently. Yeah. Um I did not think that Barnett and Amber were going to be one of the last two couples in the beginning. I, in the beginning, I didn't, but toward, like, the end when they were, like, living together and all that, I was like, I think they will Yeah. last, but I don't know. He's still a little iffy to me. Um, He's just, like, dry and sarcastic and seems a little, like, 
Well, she's not that mature either, so I feel like yeah. they're kind of perfect for each other. They're just kind of like little kids. Because she talked about at the reunion how she considered divorce a little bit. I know. Which I was like, well, at least she's being honest. Yeah. I think the whole experiment is really cool. I think I I love the concept of the show, and I I don't know if you know this or not, but I listened to a podcast that Mark was interviewed on. I want to listen to it. It's really good. It's, he goes through like how it all worked and what it looked like, where they actually were, um, how the dating and the pods worked and how all that went down. I'll send you the episode link. Um, but he also mentioned how there was actually eight couples that got engaged, but they were only able to show the six because they didn't have the budget to bring more to Mexico. Uh, so they had to just keep the more interesting storylines. So you know how there's that guy in there who was just basically like the wingman, like, you yeah, everyone's therapist, but you never saw him talk to a yeah. woman. I think he might have been one of the ones that actually got engaged. So what did they do with um, the couples? They just like left the show after that. Are they still engaged? I have no idea. I don't think so. I doubt but, it, yeah. Um, but the whole thing is cool because I do think people can make genuine connections um, without seeing each other. But just like The Bachelor, the thing that's going to throw people off is the timeline. Like, love needs to time to grow Mm -hmm. and you need to go through seasons and I think given that that it was still a very tight time frame and that two people are still married over a year later like that's a pretty successful I know and I process in my opinion although it's fast I think that the fact that they throw them into real life situations like yeah it's all potty and mexico in the beginning but then they like give them their phones right put them in an apartment to live together they still work and, mm-hmm. like, do their routines and everything, yeah. which I think is part of the reason why, and we'll get to The Bachelor soon, The Bachelor couples don't have as much of a success rate is because... It's just the show. It's just the show. And yeah. then they leave, and they're like, oh, this is real life with yeah. this person. Exactly. And that's so much of why I like it better than The Bachelor. I know. I know it's crazy I hate to say it. That, I hate it. One, it's not a room full of beautiful people that are clearly all selected for that reason and it gets down to like the heart of who people are right off the bat where that's not even in the equation people Mm -hmm. are not going on it at least now that it's been released that could change but people weren't going on it to become famous Famous. because they didn't even know if the show was going to get picked up it was not made for netflix yeah it just so happened that netflix picked it up but they didn't even know if it was ever going to air um, they were genuinely there just to see what would happen. There's not a ton of drama when it came to like the yes in the relationships themselves, but like between the characters, right. they really weren't or wasn't. They didn't become characters. They like yeah yeah, and I, that's why I'm like this is such a great show because it's so interesting. It hooks you in. You're still following all these storylines, and you want it to work out. For I them. know you're you're rooting for most of them, but it's without all the BS. I know of everything else. So I'm all in. If I'm they, about it. They need to release another season like yesterday. I know because I don't know what will. to do in the meantime. I'm sure they will. So yeah, that's my happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I really don't have a crappy. Um, yeah. No, I hardly did either. That's great. Like, pretty pretty good week. All right, so... I know, I'm like, that's it! Oh, Bachelor. <sighs> okay. Well, by the time that this comes out, the second half of the fi- final episode of The Bachelor will have been released, so... Right. We won't know... We don't know that right now, so we're just going to talk about what we've seen. Monday night. Monday night. Yeah. Which we watched together, together. and... Chelsea had one of the best quotes <laughs> she's ever said. Said, I don't know if it's just my pregnancy hormones, but Peter is annoying me extra hard tonight. <laughs> and I put it on Instagram, and I've gotten more DMs re- in response to that than anything I've ever put up in my life. I think everyone It's has. like, it's not the hormones. If she's pregnant, I'm pregnant. Like, all these things <laughs> that were, like, not just her. Oh, man. Yeah, he was really getting to me last night. But I was also having a hard time concentrating for those two hours because I was so hungry. And I kept talking about how I wanted corn dog a corn dog or mozzarella sticks and I actually went to corn went to cookout on my way home so yeah and um, you got that corn dog girl yeah and a milkshake (laughs) um but yeah right off the bat um it started opened up with 
Hannah Ann's meeting or Hannah Ann's date with the parents. The parents. And for whatever reason, they were like infatuated by her. The only reason is because she's all in for him. Right. But she, I don't have anything against her. I think she's a sweet girl, but I, there's just not a lot there that we've seen, like substance wise. I, I just, feel like when she speaks, she's reading lines. Yes. There's no character development there. Yeah. And whether that's the edit or not. All that she's shown saying is all these cliches about her heart and how much she's in and telling Peter all these things that he wants to hear, including how she would be fine with him sleeping with other women or mm-hmm. how in the end all she wants for him is to be, be happy and all these things. And I'm just like, you're just trying to be a shoe-in. You're trying to win, yeah. And I love that Madison was the opposite of that. Well, we'll get to that. Um, but the way he was like, Holding her and I was like, this is the most cringe-worthy scene I've ever watched. I literally couldn't even look at it. It was so gross. Ugh. He kept, like, kissing her on the hair He would, like, envelop her in his arms. Like, she had no space to breathe (laughs) next to his parents. It was was so weird. weird. It was really weird. Um... But yeah, they loved her, and she was just very, like, robotic with them. Mm-hmm. And the mom loved that she loved his son, or her son. Honestly, I think that the mom likes Hannah Ann a lot because she's very similar to Hannah Ann. Mm-hmm. Like, says all the right things at the right time. and Yeah, so then enter Maddie's time to meet the parents, which she already has met them at the one-on-one that they first had at the very beginning of the season, which I thought went very well. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, Barbara and Pete Sr. have a bone to pick. Mainly Barb. Mainly Barb about how, what really threw me for a loop, I think everyone agrees to this, but what really threw me for a loop was that how she said, your lifestyles are just so different. Like, Peter does like to party and blah, blah, blah. If I was a mother and I had a son that was one still living at home at 28 years old and still partying, I'd be like, Thank I would God. be so ecstatic to know that a woman that he met was wanting or was going to be someone to make him settle and like, yeah, be an adult. Um, totally. For that to be a, a deal breaker for her was like so weird, so strange, and like kind of gross in my opinion because she was almost shaming Madison for having a problem with him sleeping with someone else. Yeah. Which did not make any sense, especially yeah. coming from a woman, regardless of if you're defending your son. I would respect the fact that he was going after a woman who respected herself that much. Yeah. My issue was was also that, but also, like, she kept saying that it's you have this issue. I don't know what word she used, mm-hmm. but, like, you have this problem with Madison, or she's got H- Hannah Ann's perfect and Madison. You had, have all these issues. You have all her. these issues. Yeah. And the issue was, for, for Barb, at least, was that she was too centered on her faith. And then her card that she pulls with Peter to convince him to pick someone else is that she prayed to the Lord and And asked the Lord and God told her to pick Hannah Ann. I'm like, you were just beefing up Madison for her faith and now you're pulling the God card? Yeah, that was the second point. That that was was so hypocritical. I was like, that makes sense. And y'all, I love Barb and Peter. I still love Peter Sr. I think he's great. But I loved Barb before this. I was just so thrown off by her reasoning. It was the weirdest. I think all of America was like, what the heck just happened? Mm-hmm. Like, why on earth is she being this reactionary to a simple thing? And I, and again, going back to how Madison was like sticking up for herself, I was so happy to see her standing her ground and standing her ground in front of the parents about the whole situation. She was very well spoken. Yeah, she was very articulate with the way that she felt about it. Like, look, it was not supposed to come off as an ultimatum, whether it did or not. Like, that's irrelevant. Mm -hmm. I just wanted you to know it would be very hard for me. This is how I feel. And you can't, um, what's the word? Like, fault somebody for their own feelings. If that's the way you feel about something, Mm -hmm. that's the way you feel about something. That's That's how you perceive it. As they say in Bachelor World, that's her truth. Yeah. You can't change that. (laughs) And I don't know. It's just the strangest episode I think I've ever seen. With, it, with parents involved and being that um, aggressive aggressive with who he should pick. when, And now what I'm confused about is it seems like if, if 
obviously Madison ends up leaving on their date. She decides that they're not for each other after all. Mm -hmm. And I think seeing that whole ordeal go down with his parents, not that she saw what Barb said to to Peter, but it kind of just woke her up. Yeah. The conversations that came up, um, she leaves and then Peter, the the whole episode is, you know, in his little B-roll interviews is saying, well, I'm so conflicted. I'm in love with two women. I don't know what I'm going to do. Technically, if Madison just said, you know what, I don't think we're right for each other, and she walks away, and if he is on the same place, on the same level that he's been saying he is the whole time, where he loves them both equally, then it should have been a no-brainer. Like, oh, actually, like, thank you for this clarification. Now I know that this is my person, and it's not. You know what I think happened now? Did I tell you this last night? I think so. But obviously, Madison comes back. I haven't read any spoilers. Okay, what do you think? But I think he does end up proposing to Hannah Ann. I do too. And I think that they're broken up already and he's going after Madison. Yeah. Like after filming was wrapped. Yep. I think they broke up and I think that he's... But I think he gets down on one knee and Hannah Ann says yes. I think it's very similar to Ari and Becca. But something weird is going to happen with the finale, like the live finale. But honestly, if I were Maddie... I would be like, no, you propose to someone else. Yeah. And she still feels the way that she does about it being not a right. I mean, obviously she changes her mind if she's back because there's um, footage of her coming back, which is another thing that's like, girl, why did you take the rose? Why are you coming back if this is how you truly feel? Yeah. It's like, just make a, make a decision. Yeah. I get it. You know, when you have feelings for someone, it's hard to walk away, but, um, I just feel like he needs to walk away from the whole process. Yeah. I, I think I have he a feeling. probably feels pressure to just get engaged because that's what America wants, but I think America doesn't want him to propose to someone he doesn't want to be with, mm-hmm. for real. I feel like you're right, though. I feel like he's going to end up proposing to Hannah Ann, but we still don't know what this whole thing is with the producers saying something. Maybe he like, proposes, oh. and then she comes after he proposes. Maybe. Oof. But here's the thing. If he was really that conflicted and still had... He shouldn't have proposed. Him, I totally agree. He proposed in the first place. I totally agree. It he's, shouldn't be... He's if I was right now. watching back and being like, oh, wow, I got this by default and he just decided to go through with it, I would have been much less um, comforted in the fact that I was proposed to. I agree. I'm... I am team Chelsea on this one. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm eager for tonight. I think it's going to be a, probably the most dramatic episode ever. Yeah. Ending ever, you know? And honestly, this is like one of those things where pretty much everyone is on agreement with how this is all going down. Like, there's no flashback to anything we just said. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no one that's like, no, Hannah no, Ann. Hannah Ann should win. Because he has openly said so many times to the camera. I love her. I love Madison. I Yep. And it's not like they how they usually say it in the end. Right. It's like, and he's fighting for her. And he's, if he, just like you said, I'm just, we're just beating a dead damn horse. But <laughs> if he really didn't, if he was really conflicted, then that would be his out, her yep. leaving. Yep. He wouldn't and fight. He would have been like, this is my sign. Yeah. I'll pick Hannah Ann. Yep. Exactly. And which is what he's going to do. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. All right. Cool. Good talk. Oh. All right, well, um, by the time this comes out, we'll either be really pissed or really happy, but probably still really pissed about The Bachelor, so. Well, if you think about it. Love is blind for life. Yeah. <laughs> the last several seasons have not ended with an actual, like, engagement. Engagement. Which so. I think is probably hurting The Bachelor, which is probably why they picked Claire. I was going to just say, it's probably why they picked Claire. An older cast is coming in that will hopefully be more ready for this, and it's going to go back to that OG mm-hmm. Bachelor cast of, hey, I've kind of already been through some struggles and some ups and downs and haven't met the one yet. Where it's which I like. Of, which I love, instead of just people right out of college, college living with their parents to getting married. Mm-hmm. Like, and becoming influencers. No offense. Yeah. I wish I was an influencer. Which... Look, if, I'm not faulting anyone that does that, who gets engaged and gets married, but you don't need to go on a show like The Bachelor when at 23, you're 23 yeah. and haven't met someone yet because you're, you probably will. So. Will. 
Um, speaking of meeting someone, we're going to introduce you now to Annalee Thomason, yes. who's awesome, and we hope you enjoy our interview with sweet, sweet Annalee. Enjoy. Well, we are here with Annalee Thomason, um, author, mom, wife, friend, hopefully. We'll find out. Most days. Yeah, yeah. some days. Most days. Yeah. Um, and I was looking at your um, Amazon little links, and it looks like you have In the Moonlight, uh-huh. which has been published, and then you're writing one now? I have one now that will hopefully be out in May. Yeah, oh my crazy. gosh, that's So soon. In the that's Moonlight so was the first project, the first attempt at writing, and it I don't have anything to compare it to, but I guess it went well. Yeah, Cause, clearly. Cause you got no one's told me deal. I'm like the worst writer ever, so that's <laughs> that's good. And yeah, the next one I just handed it for in for editing, and it should be out in May, and the third one's right behind it. So you have a third one too? Yeah, I started writing and I never stopped. Wow, it's like it's kind of one giant story, and I just found good ways to to break it up. And I have so many questions for you about this, but I guess we're still yeah. in the intro. So. Yeah, we don't really, we'll let <laughs> you tell okay. us who you are, and then we'll get into all of that. Okay. So, Annalie, tell us about who you are, what you do. Anything you want to share with us, a little intro, elevator 90% speech. 90% of the time, I chase toddlers. Um, <laughs> so I have the twins that are three and a half, and then I have Ruthie, who is about to be two. Um, so on any given day, I would tell you I'm kind of like a zookeeper. Um, it's like my joke, but I'm so serious when I say that, that I I just chase monkeys around and try to keep a grip on my house and my life and hyperventilate a little bit when I open the calendar. And other than that, I mean, writing is a hobby. Um, but, but no, most days I'm just wife and mom and trying to keep a grip on all of that. So when did you decide to like start the process of writing a book? Was that something you always wanted to pursue or was it kind of once you became a mom? That was kind of, if you'd asked me in high school if I wanted to write a book, I'd have said, yeah, that would be so fun, but who knows how to do that? You know, so it was like the pipe dream. Um, and then... I had a blog for a few years, and that I let go um, this past year. I've tried to tap back into it just to keep it alive, but um, life got busy, and my husband got sick, and I totally fell off the blog train. And mm-hmm. But I started writing the book. I, just, I was up one night at the hospital, and I couldn't sleep, and I started writing it and never stopped. So I kind of had to gradually morph into, you know, going from – I'm really good at writing quick 20-minute little posts that are quick write, quick read, you know, not a big deal into this continuous story that has taken, you know, months and months to write. And so that's been different for me, but um, yeah, I enjoy so cool. it. I enjoy so did it. you, what did you study in school? Like, were you a, a creative <laughs> writing major? No, or? so I went to Virginia Tech and I studied chemistry. <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I know. Yes. Gets better. Wow. Um, moved here and started working in law enforcement. So I worked Shut for, up. I know, my life is out of, it's <laughs> you got a funny. lot of stories to tell. I have so many stories I could tell you. Most, well, some of them are probably not podcast appropriate, <laughs> but um, yeah, studied chemistry in college, never used it, not one single day, and then moved here, worked in law enforcement, and... Like as a police officer? I'm, so I worked in detention for New Hanover County. Wow. So I was I was not um, on the street. I worked in the jail, the New Hanover County Jail. Wow. Um, so, yeah, you see a lot of things. I was going to say. But... I have a good friend who started, she's a police officer now, but before mm-hmm. she started in detention, and oh my gosh, the stories. It's, it's crazy, nuts. but it's, um, it's one of those things that's um, an experience I don't think. I mean, obviously, most people don't get that experience, but right. it teaches you a lot about the world, and it kind of gives you a different view on, on people sure. and just, yeah, you know, relationships, working relationships, how you get along with strangers, how you get along with people in different positions in life than you, and it's very eye-opening. Um, mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not one for, for uh, quiet and... Calm and well, clearly, order. You so have I like to keep things busy. Yeah, which is interesting because you have such like a calm demeanor about you. And I'm oh, 
Like, I'm glad you think so. That's yeah, really chill. This is going to soothing to talk to. And this is going to be one of those episodes where people like turn down when I start talking <laughs> and turn the volume up when yeah. she does because that's been done before. I just can loud. appreciate quiet because I don't get it very often. Yeah, so like, I can what? appreciate. That's yeah. very understandable yeah. for sure. So um, I read the synopsis of In the Moonlight and mm-hmm. it's based in Wrightsville Beach. Mm-hmm. So what is your when, when did your love with Rifle Beach start? Were you raised here or how so did I you like get to, to say I was kind of half raised here. My grandparents lived here my whole life, okay. so we spent summers down here, holidays, long weekends, um, kind of half raised in Wilmington. Mm-hmm. Um, so I grew up going to Wrightsville Beach, uh, yeah. and then when I was leaving school and was either kind of go home or or go somewhere new, and I said, well, I'm not not going back to my parents' house, so. Yeah moved here. I didn't know a single soul in town. My grandparents had passed away when I was in school, so it was kind of like a a new place and starting over, but it was also kind of a familiar, like, safe place to go, you know. Yeah. Um, Wrightsville Beach is obviously one of the best. (laughs) Maybe we're biased because we live here, but I think it's, I mean, if if you're going to pick a beach off the map of North Carolina, I think it's probably one of the best ones, but Mm -hmm. no, it's easy. It's, you know, when you're writing fiction I mean it's completely fiction but at the same time you want to base it in a real understandable setting um and so if you read through it you're going to see that like there the name of the bar it does not exist the name of the cafe does not exist you know the property that that I talk about that they all live on it does not exist but you could probably find some familiar pieces in town you know like you'd find one familiar piece about a coffee shop or one familiar piece about a restaurant or a park they're at or something, but um, all combined, it's it's just familiar. It'll yeah. be familiar, but it won't be exactly what you think of right now. Yeah. So did you just like sit down and recall all these places or maybe like were you sitting in one of those coffee shops that you decided, hey, I'm going to integrate this into the story or like how does... How does that process work when it comes to basing fiction off of a real place? A real place, yeah. So um, most of this book was actually written in the hospital. So I think that kind of enabled me even more to build it up Mm -hmm. in my own mind because I can sit and I can tell you what my favorite coffee shop looks like or feels like, but when you're not sitting in there, you know, you can't pick out the way the way people are interacting at the table next to you or, mm-hmm. you know, things like when you're coming up with the line of people and their drink orders in the cafe and how the staff is interacting with them, you're not sitting there actually watching it. So mm-hmm. in some sense, it kind of helps with the creating that story on your own because I'm right. not sitting there looking at it. Right. Um, every now and then I do, when I'm home, I get out to write. And so I will pick, you know, a favorite place to write. I love to go over to Sunday's Cafe or... Um, closer to the house or pick a port city java but mm-hmm. um that's helpful but no it's it's not it's not sitting in there and yeah that's so now that I think about that that might be a good idea because I can probably like yeah. fabricate better I feel like settings. it would be harder I mean it dep- I guess it depends on like the type of brain that you have <laughs> I was gonna yeah. say I was like, <laughs> but, like her I brain like probably me, way different it would be harder to have that clean slate and the imagination to mm-hmm. have to draw up all that imagery than if I was mm-hmm. just like there and like observing and then sure. putting that into words. So I think that's even more impressive that you well, did that all was that. kind of I mean that was kind of one of the highlights too was that writing a book from the hospital, right? Brought so it kind of takes me out of out of that hospital yeah. setting and I get to think about like think about the beach, think about those houses you like or that neighborhood or that park. Um, or the cafe, you know, because mm-hmm. you'd like rather be there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when you're sitting in the cancer hospital at 2 in the morning and you can't sleep because there's nurses everywhere and doctors and, and chemo and all that, it's nice to be able to take your head out of it and, and write about something else. Right. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not totally accurate. You know, you yeah. can make that up as you go. But, yeah. So I want to get into more details of like the writing process, but you've brought up the hospital and cancer yeah. a couple times. Can you let our listeners in on kind of what your family have been going through sure. recently? Sure. So that's, you know, you hate to say it, but that hospital talk is pretty often in my life. So uh, March of last year, my husband Marshall was diagnosed with stage four metastatic sarcoma uh, of the soft tissues and bones. So 
It's been a wild ride. Um, we spend a lot of time in hospitals. So uh, in the beginning, it was to try and figure out what's going on in a couple surgeries. And since then, it's been it's been chemo for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, in the beginning, that was a week on and a week off. So people ask how I had time to write. That's how I had time to write because right. we're constantly in the hospital. Um, and these days, we're on a, a three-week cycle. So we're not there quite as often. We're, we're there for a week, home for two weeks back and forth, but um, when we're home, he still gets sick, and he still, you know, needs things like fluids or transfusions, and we end up at the hospital here in town, and what are you going to do? You sit there and you keep on writing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's it's not to beat that one to the, you know, but that's kind of my setting. That's, I feel some days like I'm in a hospital as often as I'm in my own home, or as some people are probably in their office. Uh, that's yeah. that's kind of, if I had to say I have an office, it's just whatever hospital room we're sitting mm. in or, or doctor's yeah. office we're waiting for or something. We clearly haven't been dealt an easy hand, so <laughs> it's cool Not that you were able to turn that into something productive and mm-hmm. kind of chase a goal of yours that you never thought was possible. Mm-hmm. So how an opportunity. Yeah. 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 And, like, I'm sure that a hospital room can feel, after, especially after so many visits, can feel pretty numbing. You're, like, yeah, mm-hmm. almost numb to, like, feelings because you're so used to it. Like, you're just mm-hmm. going through those motions. So it's kind of nice to have that escape, like you talked about, in mm-hmm. writing. Mm-hmm. Is your husband doing any better? or? Um, was... So I would say that, yeah, things are better than they were in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know a lot about, you know, how they intend to, to treat him going, going forward and everything. But, um, the big picture is that they're really not sure how to treat it. Um, it's, it's not technically a cancer that they think they can get rid of. Uh, it's more of how can we treat this mm-hmm. for now? How can we make sure that he's not in any pain, but also go after these tumors and, you know, mm-hmm. the most aggressive way that we can. So, uh, He's stable. He's totally stable. He's at work now. When we're home, he tries to work wow. most oh, so of the like time. Able to still work. Yeah. So he he ended up having to do disability for a little bit last year, uh, just you know, getting answers in the beginning and getting a plan is that is full time. That's not yeah. you know something that you can go to the doctor once a week. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, we've been to Boston, we've been to Duke and Chapel Hill, and and so he did end up taking a short term disability in the beginning. Um, but then he went back to work and he's been back at work ever since. And they're being gracious with him. They're giving him, you know, that understanding and that, that grace and that patience when he needs it for a week at chemo or, you know, Hey, one day he came home from work and an hour later we were in the ER and he was admitted to the hospital. And, you know, his bosses are just being very gracious with us and very understanding. And yeah, they have good family values where he works and that's, that's been a blessing because it's, you know, how would you keep a job in a situation like that? And right. He's been able to keep his job and, you know, keep his life mostly normal, mm-hmm. which is helpful. Um, but, yeah, so that's that's kind of where we're at with him. I'm sure you get asked a lot, like, how is Mar- Marshall, is that his name? Mm-hmm. How's Marshall doing? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sure as the caretaker, you almost probably get overlooked sometimes. Or not the caretaker, but just, like, the non-sick person. Mm-hmm. So, how are you doing? Uh, Does anyone ever ask you that? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I I don't think I get overlooked. Uh, okay, good. I think that that's definitely easy to do, and I'm sure that there are yeah um, parents and spouses in my situation that do absolutely. Um, it is hard to kind of peel your eyes off of the patient. Um, but no, I don't think that I get overlooked. I think that we have a great community, I think, of people who step in and are able to just kind of call it what it is and say, hey, you look like you're having a tough day. Or, um, hey, let me let me grab the kids for an hour. Or, you know, call you out and say, hey, your house is a mess. Let mm-hmm. me come and help you clean this up, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and that's just the village that we've found ourselves in. Um, I don't know what we would do if we didn't have, you know, friends that we're looking out and I mean, really how I'm doing is, is completely, I'm, I'm okay. I'm hour to hour. It's different. Mm -hmm. I mean, ask me tomorrow. 
don't know what happens tonight. Like that's, that's how chaotic it is. But, uh, you know, I think that I am okay because of everyone that's been supporting us. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's reading a chapter that I wrote overnight and saying, you know, Hey, that was really great. How was chemo? It was, it was busy, but I wrote this and someone reads it and, you know, gives me some thoughts on it. Or sometimes it's literally a friend coming over and helping get the kitchen under control and the dishes. And sometimes it's hanging out at the hospital, but I think that I'm, I'm doing okay Okay. because of, of everyone that's supporting us. And we just did an episode on the power of community and how important it is to Mm -hmm. survive. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like anything in life, like you just need a village and whether it's business or motherhood or, Mm -hmm six spouses you know like you need mm-hmm. you need help so I'm glad that you have that here yeah how long have you been in Wilmington moved here in May of 2011 so okay it's almost so 10 nine, years nine ten years coming up on probably 10 years yeah that's crazy wild mm-hmm. I want to shift back suddenly I feel really old <laughs> I know I didn't until we said 10 years well I've been here life. like six years now and that blows my mind because I feel like I just moved yeah. here I remember moving here. yeah very vividly, yep. like too vividly. Well, now I feel old. Let's pick something. We're all, we're all old here. Yeah. Um, so back to the book because I'm fascinated, mm. just like Chelsea is. Um, how long does it take you to write? Or how, let's go back to In the Moonlight. Okay. How long did it take you to write that? Um, I'm kind of going with about six months is my best guess of Get where it. I kind of drew the line of I think this is the second story. And I, you know, kind of stopped where I was. Um, I don't think that's normal. (laughs) I think that I have extreme amounts of time to work on this when we're at the hospital. I don't think that um, probably writing a book in six months from everything that I've learned uh, is not the case. But it took me about six months. I mean, he got sick in March of last year and I think started chemo around June or July uh, and... I mean, the book was launched in December, so I mean, I was working on edits wow. by probably four or five months, and so it's like still things. fresh. Like you're oh, like yeah. riding this oh yeah train right now. Mm-hmm. What's it? What's the response been like since it was released? Uh, well, <laughs> really good. I think I don't have anything to compare it to. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's easy to say like, well, you know. Nicholas Spark sells millions of copies of each book and obviously well, yeah, I'm not Nicholas going to, Park. you know, so it's, it's oh, hard right. to, it's hard to really know like how, to measure how yeah, books. how do you measure yeah. your, when you self-publish your own book or when you, you know, when you start to finish, you know, do all of that from your own home, your own computer without a team of editors and a team of publishers and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. It's hard to measure that, but um, I think it's going really well. I'm getting a lot of good feedback. Uh, sometimes I wonder if that's just people being nice, but I hope, I hope that people, you know, are genuinely enjoying it as much as the I'm told they are. The yeah, they're really good. good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. I'm sure that some people hate it and that's just, you that. have to be fine with that. That's, yeah. you know, that's hard to think about, but you have to be fine with that. And I, I think overall the, the feedback is really good. Um, I mean, no one's told me to, to stop writing yet, so I, I guess it's going. Okay. I think that's so cool. Yeah. Like, I don't really know if I've ever met, like sat down with an author like this. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like I'm with Nicholas Sparks or one Nicole day, Sparks. One day that would be really cool. <laughs> so, how does it work when you? So you're on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Are you? Can people find the book anywhere else? No. So it's just no. Amazon. So I used Kindle Direct Publishing, which is um, part of Amazon. Okay. Um. So it's. The way I've set mine up is that it's on paperback and now it's on the Kindle ebook format, but it's all Amazon. So I did I did briefly look into things like getting it into Barnes and Noble, and uh, I think that's all doable. Um, it's a little over my head right mm-hmm. now. Um, yeah. The technical aspect of all of that, the business aspect, is tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also kind of like everyone buys everything off Amazon, so like you just really you want might as well to, be there. You really yeah. just want to be on Amazon. Yeah. yeah. You know, you can do, I think Barnes & Noble is the Nook reader. Yeah. Or, you know, you can do, yeah. there's a hundred different ways to, to put something out there. But Amazon's, I think, by far the easiest yeah. accessibility-wise. Yeah. Um, I was just know. curious, like, when you self-publish, like, what that looks like. And, like, 
where, I mean, do you, you said you did it through Amazon. Mm-hmm. Do they, are they the ones that make the actual copies and, like, yep. stock it themselves? You just kind of had to yeah. submit so your work? Yeah, so Kindle Direct Publishing is really, uh, I think, new user-friendly. Um, they don't stock your book. And part of uh, doing their print-on-demand service is that I don't have to stock it either, which is great when you're Less no one because yeah. who has a hundred grand to just – buy a ton of books and right. hope that they sell, right? right. Um, which is what a big publisher is going to do. They're going to print 100,000 copies of your book and send them everywhere and hope they sell. But yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. You know, I'm sitting at home with three kids and, you know, one income for a whole family. You know, you don't really have all the opportunity in the world to put your book out there. So Amazon is a great solution for that. Um, it's all print on demand. So when you purchase it, that's when it prints. Wow. That's incredible. Um, and and they still can get it in two days? Or is it not on the Apparently. Apparently you That's can. That's a while. I'm sure that you have to like pay some free shipping for that, but huh. I don't know. I bought a case of them, and I did the free shipping, which was like 12 days. So, oh, okay. um, so it's a little bit longer. It's not like a prime yeah. thing. I mean, some people ordered it and had it the next day, and some people That's nuts. got it in two weeks. I think it's just like anything else. You choose, do you want the free shipping or do you want faster or right I don't know interesting the so beauty cool. of it all is I don't know yeah it works. you can just be hands it works and, yeah. yeah once you upload I mean I upload the everything in, in the right format the picture the the documents and everything and Amazing. once I did that it's hands off and yeah that's great so cool yeah so do you Amazon. can I read the synopsis of the book sure okay <laughs> So I want to ask some questions about who's who in this story. Okay, okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay, this is the synopsis of In the Moonlight. It says, unsure of what her future holds, Nori packs up her life and moves to Wrightsville Beach, North Carolina. Wrightsville is a small island town. It's home to all the opportunity Nori needs to figure out who she really is, what she really wants, and why she is so afraid of being left alone. Wrightsville is also home to Eddie, a guy who knows his place, loves his life, and thinks that love should be easy and carefree. When Eddie and Nori meet, it all seems too easy. But when storms come, Nori learns that easy is a good thing and that love is all that really matters. Are you Nori? No. <laughs> no. no like, are you Nori? Is that. Marshall Eddie? That's Can someone real... give me some answers No, here? anyone, I think, if you know me and you read this book, you know that I am certainly not her and my <laughs> husband is certainly not him. Um, I think that if you did a quick poll of me and all my friends, you'd find a whole lot of her features in that group, mm-hmm. right? So I have a ton of friends that, like me, moved here and were just like, you know what? I'm done with school. and But that's what your 20s are, right? You, yeah. You're yeah. M- moving wherever you want to be, taking the job that you want to do. And I think that's that's a majority of people. I mm-hmm. think it's, it's odd to find someone that's a born and raised, mm-hmm. you know, gets the job, gets the family, gets everything right away. Right. Um, but no, I think definitely in in my group of friends in my community, there is absolutely a little bit of Nori everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's how you build a character. You take lots of different pieces of what you know and and put a person together. Um, Eddie, no, I don't think I've ever met somebody at Ocean Rescue or especially here. Um, um, that was all just kind of, I mean, I lifeguarded when I was in high school, yeah. so I kind of just built that one up and. Hopefully I got it kind of right. You know, I hope I didn't butcher the idea of, of what that life is like. But um, I mean, nope, I feel like that's... you really can't, though. Like, a, a person is a unique set of characteristics. So, like, mm-hmm. you can't really get a character wrong, you know? like Yeah, you get to, like, invent them yourself. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's such a cool... Well, and I mean, in, and it's not just the two main characters either. When you look at right. their families and the people in their community, you're going to find a little piece of of my people and all yeah. of them. Um, but that's, that's like you said, that's how you create them. Cause that's, you take what's special in, in each one of my friends and each one of my family members and make a special character. Like what's special about this person. Uh, and so I'm sure there's parallels, but yeah, no, I'm not Nori. <laughs> no. So are no. the next two books that you're releasing, are they a continuation of this story or is it a new story? Uh, so it's, it's pretty much a continuation. It's not on the same characters, though. So oh. uh, In the Moonlight is focusing on Eddie and Nori. 
Um, and the minor characters in that book become the major characters of the next one. I like it. Um, so we're going to learn the story of Rhett and Amy in the next book. And they are very briefly in, in the first one, but um, the second one kind of frames up with a good opportunity to learn how they became who they are. Um, and then I'm working on the third, and that one's going to go ahead forward a generation. And um, cool. Eddie, so Nora, kind of... and Rhett and Amy, they, they kind of become the older ones, and we start learning about the next generation in Wrightsville Beach. And I love that. Yeah. So it's kind of a continuation, but you get new people each time. So. Yeah, that's really yeah. cool. What a great concept. Yeah. That was kind of like how with The Notebook, there was that other sequel to it. There was The Wedding that came after. Oh, I heard about And that. it was really? like about the kids of Allie and Yeah. Emma. And really? Yeah, it was really good. And so it was oh, like cool. the same kind of concept where um, they're just kind of like built off of not the same characters, but they were like in the mm-hmm. lineage. So You, you get a little devoted to it. Yeah. I mean, when you, it's just like if you read a favorite book of yours or watch a favorite movie, you get devoted to those characters. Yes. So you spend all that time building up this town and this family. You want to be in ditch it. Yeah. yeah. Like I have more yeah. stories to tell and I have more people to, yeah. to figure out. And I mean, I'm figuring out the characters too. What a creative brain you have to like Thank you. <laughs> have all the stories, all these different stories of different people that you've made up just swirling around in your brain and you're yeah. like, creating everything from the ground up it was just so neat um, my um nephew he's a and he still does this but from the time he was little to this day he'll always like sit people down and be like tell me a pretend story and he did that to me the other night like tell me a pretend story about me and you or about the beach or something and I'm just like I'm so not good at this on the spot. Like, That's I don't on the know. spot, though. I don't know that I could do that either. I'm like, I don't know where to begin, especially like for something that's like not real that has never happened. So sometimes I'll just go back to things that have like actually happened, or I'll go so far beyond like anything that could actually ever happen in real life that he's like, "What?" Yeah, you're like going into like UFOs. Yeah, or, like, <laughs> or, like megalodon sharks. And all that stuff. And, yeah, so that's I awesome. admire anyone with that creativity because I'm creative in other ways but when it comes to that stuff I'm like oh, yeah so you're gonna go ask someone else oh. I'll read your book I'll, read I'll, read, story I'll read someone else's like, story for you that, you know I've got friends though that a good friend of ours uh works in the film industry and um you know he does tv commercials and and actually recently I've gotten to look into some of the projects that he's working on um and it I kind of see the exact same thing from a different you know different perspective so yeah. his brain, just the way that he can come up with these, the storyline for a movie that he that he's made, um, and I just sit there and I'm like, wow, how did you do that? But then you know when he's talking to me about the book and he says, how did you do that? You know, yeah. it's I think is creativity can go a hundred different yeah. ways and we're all wired so differently too yeah yeah I couldn't take a picture half the way that you do and I couldn't run a business. For a day, <laughs> you know the way you do, and I, it's, I have, I think I have the same reaction to other people and, and what they create. Yeah, you know, I think that one of our, well, I know that one of our main goals of this podcast is to encourage women to step into their gifts and whatever, whatever it is, right? Like you said, we all have different gifts, so I think that you being on this episode is kind of encouraging to that person that we haven't reached yet. Like, cause I feel like we do talk a lot about fitness and we talk a lot about health and photography and mm-hmm. entrepreneurship, but like there's this whole other realm that we haven't touched into. And a lot of that is the creativity and writing. So I think yeah. it's really cool that, that you were able to chase a dream while being a mom mm-hmm. and to, dealing with hardship, and- dealing with hardship and, and dealing with life and having that, hobby turn into a passion turn into a career that you can kind of escape those troubles for you know or with so I think that's awesome proud of you yeah thank you yeah we um we have four questions that we ask every guest not and we'll get to that but we also are we have a slogan for our community of women and it's shameless living Mm -hmm. and basically what that means to me is it means something different to everyone. I kind of want to know what it means to you. But to me, it means like whatever has happened in my past, I don't need to hold on or be ashamed of that story because that's what got me to where I am today. 
and the more vulnerable I am and open with who I am and what I'm going through, the more there, that breakthrough happens, which is why we created this podcast so we could like be real about what goes on in life. So if you were to see the term shameless living or if you were to name or pinpoint a time in your life when you experienced that, what does shameless living mean to you? Kind of just threw a hmm. curveball um, at you there. Well, on the spot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, my I think living in this era of social media and everything too, it's easy to want to hide the bad parts, mm-hmm. um, the hard stuff. And my life is hard. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. Um, and I think everyone has their own hard things. But um, if I were to walk around every day and say, like, oh, yeah, he's he's doing perfectly great. And my kids are, are perfect. And my life is perfect. That That's just not right. Mm-hmm. And you get those snippets online. And you, it's easy mm-hmm. to, to look whether it's Instagram or to pull up the book online or, you know, to pull up your website and it's easy to look at like, wow, this is the best part of her life. This is, you know, this is shiny and it's pretty and it looks, looks easy. But I guess shameless living for me would be, you know, calling yourself out and being able to say, no, it's hard. It's really hard. And Mm -hmm. there were a lot of parts of, of, of writing and there's a lot of parts of, hospital life and of parenting that's really hard and so I guess if I had to focus on shameless living it would be making sure that I stay balanced with the book is very cool and it's it's very fun but for every page of that book there's a kid that puked on me and there's been a bad day at the hospital or there's been the car broke down um I think it would be being honest and you know, I don't, I don't know about the business world or the photography world, but, you know, I'm sure that you could say you have those days too. And I think that, oh, yeah. you know, if just, just from the outside looking in, it's easy to think that everyone, their life is pretty and their life is good. And yeah. so shameless for me would be, be upfront and say, yes, it is hard. Cause that's where you're going to connect with people. Too. And let people in, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. let people be that village to help you when it is hard and also yeah. not feel alone if they feel the same way in life and they feel like all they mm-hmm. see is a highlight reel, you know? Mm-hmm. I love if that If all you saw was my highlight reel, you wouldn't know a single thing about me. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's so easy to do because the pictures are prettier and the, you know, the mm-hmm. videos are more fun to watch or whatever. But you no, know, the, the way I've connected with my community and my, my community has grown this year in ways that, I mean, I sure would not have imagined and still kind of blow me away, but none of that was through the highlight reel. That was all through the shameless parts, I think, of, of saying, yeah. this is really hard. And then in the solution to that, I met someone who could walk me through that piece of my life. And, and now I have this new friendship or, or, or something like that. But I love that's that. That's community grows. Yeah. So. I really love that. Really, like love, the best I really love that. Relationships <laughs> are the ones like, that aren't afraid to go deep quickly, mm-hmm. like right away. And when mm-hmm. those walls are down and the first thing you're connecting on is something like what you're going through, then mm-hmm. those are the ones that are going to stand the test of time. So mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. I really love that. I, I, I'm going to listen to that over and over again. <laughs> um, okay. We have four questions that we ask every single guest. Okay. Um, so what is something that you are currently binging right now or obsessed with? doesn't have to be a TV show. Mm. Good question. Could be a book. Food. A food. Oh. A podcast. Uh, My life revolves around toddler TV shows <laughs> and Eggo waffles and, um, gosh, go. what do I binge for myself? I'm still a sucker for Grey's Anatomy. Yes, yeah. I've been rewatching it's it so, from start to finish. It, I, this might not be the popular answer. It is not as good as it used to be. Oh, it ain't good. No. I, it was perfect in the beginning. Yeah, I still have to watch it. Yeah, and yeah, fair. I don't feel bad at all about going back to season one, episode one, starting over. That's what I um, did recently. Yeah, I'm on eight right now because I want to wait. I don't like watch it on cable because the only show I watch on cable is The Bachelor, right. and that's like all I have time for. <laughs> Um, 
but I want to wait till it gets on Netflix. I was like, I haven't gone back and watched Grey's from like season one. I don't think ever. I so. stopped. Oh, you should. I you stopped so when. Should. And spoiler, if if you've never seen Grey's, press pause. I stopped when Derek died. Oh and like, yeah, that was hard. Back but there's it. only been like a few more seasons since Derek died. Okay, well then I can watch those and get caught up on the on the end. Because mm-hmm. I, I love that like, show. Three, three or four seasons, maybe that Derek hasn't been there. If that, I think. I don't. I don't know. I don't it's know. not the it's same. It's not many, but it's yeah, the there's like only a couple OG characters left at this point. But I, I am gonna watch it. I'm just waiting for this, the season that's on now to be back on Netflix. Yeah. So yeah. I just finish that. <laughs> Can't hurt. Yeah, it's a good, great show. <laughs> um, okay, our second question is: What is something that you are looking forward to in this year, 2020? Like what you're <laughs> in this year. In this year. What am I looking forward to? Oh, what am I looking forward to? Um, we got a book. Yeah. Another book. Another in May. one's coming. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to that. Do you know, there's, my life is so full of unknowns, I couldn't tell you. That's probably the only thing I can tell you that is coming. Like that's that what I'm certain. sure of. Yeah. And I'm really excited about that. But, um, cliche I guess but I'm looking forward to every day that I get with my family this year because mm-hmm. I've learned in the past year that days are numbered and yeah. time is limited and you know hopefully it's not but I I can't say that I am looking forward to a specific thing or a specific event or a specific day um just because they're all kind of important yeah um we That's also don't awesome. have any major things going on. That so gives you a whole new perspective on like yeah, life yeah, it and really does. You know, it, treasuring time together. And if you focus, take your focus on on what's important and kind of nutshell time. that down. You know, time together is important, mm-hmm. and I would love to say, yeah, we're going to Disney or we're going. You know, we're not. We're just living a normal yeah. life and and yeah. you know having our our Monday through Sunday and. Yeah, <laughs> we're very normal people. We don't have anything major going on. You know, my husband has a, a good job, and I have the kids and hobbies. And you're you got a full plate for yeah, sure. Yeah, full for but sure. consistent. Yeah. yeah, consistent. There's you know not much changes and not much goes on. And I love routine fun. though. Like I really like thrive off my like daily. Monday through Friday Same. schedule. So, oh. like, I would prefer that than, like, going to Disney World every week. I know. I feel <laughs> but I'm like, I feel so blessed to have a life that I don't feel the need to be on vacation from all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd rather be home. Mm-hmm. I'd We're be coasting. Like, yeah. Right? yeah. There's something, I think we overlook that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Also, then you have kids, and then the idea of traveling and it vacation is a nightmare. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> we have friends that just went to Disney, actually, out. I guess that's why I said that, but I just saw the pictures of the kids at Disney, and I just think of, like, you went through an airport with all of those <laughs> children. Like, not, there's not one ounce of me that's that wants to that. do that. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like, when the kids are old enough that I can say, do not run away. Yeah. Do not set anything on fire. Mm-hmm. And do not make me talk to police. Then maybe we'll go to Disney. Because <laughs> then you can enjoy it, right? Like, Totally fair. Vacation to me right now is yeah. This this <laughs> this getting to come talk to you guys. Thank the Lord for my mother-in-law that is gonna you know hang with the kids and I get to go have a conversation. That's so has funny. a beginning, has an end, and we yes. No one is. Tell us you're getting a peek into peeing their pants. Uh, Nobody is throwing up or dumping out goldfish. Not yet. Yet. I'm just kidding. Give it time. Give it time. Um, our next question is. Um, what is something that you love about yourself? Yeah. Uh, you know what? This year I've learned that I'm resilient. I don't see it 90% of the time. Um, but every now and then I get a glimpse of like, wow, you are really getting through a lot and making it somehow. Um, and so on a good day, I can tell you that I'm resilient and that's nice. 
Yeah, just from talking with you the last 30 minutes, I can tell that you're resilient. <laughs> yeah, that was like the first thing that popped into my head it's when strong. she asked me yeah. that question was like strength and resilience. So, yeah. Well, I'm glad you could see that too. That makes me feel good. If you could tell women one thing, what would you tell them? Your eyes got so big. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> you can't uh, see it. You can do it. Yeah. You can do it. There, you know. I think maybe that's something that we would all have in common is that every day at some point you're just probably going to think, oh, I can't do this. Yeah. You know, whether it's the kids or your job or hobby or even stuck in traffic sometimes, you're like, I can't do this. But yeah. yes, you can. Yes, yeah. you can. And that's, I mean, one of those things I had to repeat to myself a hundred yeah. times a day, every day for the last year. And sometimes it's getting through traffic, but sometimes it's a hospital room or sometimes it's three kids having a meltdown and I'm in the living room floor and yeah. I just think yes I can do this I can <laughs> do this I'm gonna Positive be fine yeah it's everything yeah. yeah you know for every page of the book you delete you know and you think who am I to think I can't I could write a whole book yes you can yeah Keep going. you've done it before you, know. you can do this yeah mm-hmm. love that um where can our listeners find you and tell them about all the things coming up for you um, books and all that you can find me on instagram it's the only thing that i kind of stay on top of so the saltwater wife on instagram okay um honestly amazon you can find amazon. a book on amazon yep uh, and we'll put all the links to the book so. in the show notes and to your instagram so yeah, that's yeah. Cool. um yeah, it turns out there's a ton of stuff on Amazon called In the Moonlight, but uh, <laughs> my, my book has this really beachy cover, so if you're looking for that, you can look for Rachel Beach. Apparently, add my name to it, and then and that will help. But um, what's coming up for me? Yeah, uh, I have to take the kid to soccer practice at six <laughs> o'clock. Um, coming up for me is we're probably actually gonna be in Boston soon. Uh, we we're probably gonna have some some more appointments mm. up at Dana Farber Cancer. Institute in Boston, um, so that'll be an adventure. That'll be a journey. Are you bringing you know? the kids? No. Okay. No. No, like, no. 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 Bless you. I don't <laughs> like to take them to the grocery store. Yeah. They're not. They are not traveling with me. No. No. My kids are so sweet. Oh my gosh, they're fun. But one at a time in public is totally manageable. <laughs> they are not all three coming to Boston. Absolutely That's not. That's a lot. Um, and then, yeah, so the second book, Coming Home, will be out in May. Crazy. If ever, I want to knock on all of the wood, but uh, if everything goes well, that'll be out in May. Um, and then, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but the third one's right behind it. It's, you know, continuing story, so. That's so cool. Yeah. Three books in two years. That's pretty amazing. That's impressive. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Well, thanks. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad that we got to sit down and talk with you outside of Instagram and, yeah. and get to know you. I know. You. I've followed along with y'all on Instagram for so long, and my husband laughs when I say, like, oh, it's a friend of mine, and he's like, really? Do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I don't. I feel like we all do that. I feel like though, we right? have, yeah. like, we know each other. It's happened so many times where I, like, bump into someone in a grocery store Oh, your friend the other day, too, at your birthday dinner. Angela? Yeah, she was like, hey, I'm Angela. I was like, I follow you on Instagram, don't I? And she was like, yeah. (laughs) I was like, okay, I thought I knew you. Actually, that's how I found your podcast. Because I had been following you and your photography Mm -hmm. for a while, I felt like. And then my friend Sarah was like, hey, you have to listen to this podcast. You'd really like it. Um, and then, of course, finding the show notes, I was like, I know that name. So, yeah. And, and it's, yeah, and so that you start to think, like, oh, I am friends with all these people, and no, yeah. I haven't met them a single day in my life, but whatever. Well, but now we can say we have. Now we can say, I know you in yes. real life. We're actual in-person friends. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, all of y'all listening, go pick up Annalise's book at Amazon. Don't pick it up. Like, just type it in. You can order yeah. it. You can't physically now pick it up. Until but, it's shipped to you, but mm-hmm. it's called In the Moonlight, and we'll put the link to that in our show notes. Thanks so much for Thank coming you. on and hanging out so with us. Hard. Thank you for having me. You're awesome. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Love you. Bye.